This is Nursing in America. Each week, we speak with incredible Filipino nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. everybody and welcome to the seventh Lafora talk show. We are so excited today. We have Pearl and Yanni and Ryan will be called, will be joining us shortly and we're very excited today to um, to hear about the stories of Pearl and Ryan and Yanni who will be telling us about their journey coming to America and giving all of you some pointers and tips of what you need to know for the, for the journey ahead. So my name is Tanya Friedman. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Kinetics USA. And the reason why we have started doing the Lafora talk show um, is because we felt that when you are thinking about coming to the U.S. for so many years, there are so many um, there are so many um, doubts and thoughts in your mind um, and so many, um, so many worries and concerns about what that's going to be like when you come to the U.S. And we have Pearl and Yanni and Ryan will be joining us shortly, who today are going to be sharing their journeys and are going to be telling you a little bit about their experiences and giving their advice to you. There is so much change in the world today. Um, today is the election. Um, we will know um, hopefully soon who the next president is going to be. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty. We're dealing with the pandemic um, and, and a lot of change in the world. But the one thing that we know for sure, and that Pearl and Yanni and Ryan will share with you, is the American dream is still very much alive and well. Right, Pearl? Right, Yanni? That is correct. American dream is alive and well. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> in spite of the political climate, it's still alive and well. In spite of the pandemic, it's alive and well. And a lot of Americans are claiming that they're living an American dream. Exactly. And we can't and depends, <laughs> say, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> and an American dream, it depends upon how you define them. So you, it depends on you. You know, you could define them in a different way. American dream could be having a, uh, your own house in the suburbs and a white picket fence in a car. American dreams might be a financial security. American dreams could be to you as a religious freedom. American dreams could be in a very different meaning. So, you know, yes, American dream is alive and well in America. I love that you said that, Pearl. Very well said, very articulate. All right, so let's get started. So, Pearl and Ryan, if you want to start off and maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, and maybe, you know, just the background before you came to the U.S., tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe go ahead and start, Pearl. Ladies first, right? Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. I came from the, from the Philippines, um, interior part of the Philippines. It's a small village. It's called Mulang, Cotabato. Um, during that, um, I grew up in a very rudimentary, very basic um, community. Um, it's a, um, my parents are farmers. So I went to college in Iloilo. And also when I came here in America, there, there's a big difference. I, I come here in the States before like uh, 
almost 20 years ago. And um, there was a lot of culture shock. And um, I struggled with that to adjust and be able to flourish as individual. I am married now uh, for almost 20 years. My visa was through with my husband. Um, I have three children. I have 20 years old, which is, uh, she joined in the uh, US Air Force. Yay, she's doing well. And also um, I have a 16 years old and um, 14 years old, and they are very tall. They're not short like me. And, <laughs> and I, uh, okay, I, <laughs> I graduated from the Lenovo University over here in America. America, that's a Catholic school. The reason why I went to school because I, oh, you know, here in America, they have standards. So if um, when you go to places, you need to be confident when you're talking, you know exactly what kind of question you're going to ask. So the, in order for me to combat that, because I always cry when I come home and I wanted to get what I want is to go to school, to be educated here. So, all right, that's my short thing. I hope that I give you a thing. Thank you, Pearl. Thank you for Thank sharing. You. And I think it's really interesting to hear Pearl's story because I think it's really different from what Ryan's experience has been. Pearl came here many years ago and she went to school here. She got married here, had her kids here. Ryan, your story is very different. Do you want to share with the Laforans your story? Yeah. Um, I also grew up in the Philippines. It's a small town. It's called Baao in Camarines, which right now is suffering from a devastation from a very strong typhoon. Like the, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, typhoon in 2020. But, so I'm a graduate. You're cutting off, Brian. I'm sorry to tell you that. Ryan, your, your, your sound kind of keeps, keeps going in and out. Uh -huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it okay now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So go back to you grew up in Camarines Store. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping track of your story, Ryan. <laughs> I'm listening. Go ahead. And go ahead, Ryan. I've been a teacher for like um, one year after I graduated education. And then I decided to take up nursing because like I want to be in the U.S., like mm -hmm. most of my relatives are in the U.S. And then I noticed that they have a lot of money. Like, you know, well, at first I find it like I want to go to the U.S. because of the money. But then that's the reason why I took up nursing. My grandparents told me to take up nursing so I can go to the U.S. So here I am now in the U.S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And while waiting for going to the U.S., um, I also took um, my master's in nursing in the Philippines because it took me like seven years before I wow. from the start of applying. Oh, so it took you seven years from the, from the time that you applied until you actually arrived in the U.S.? Yes, because I took my NCLEX in 2009 and then my aunt, who's based here in the U.S. as a nurse, um, submitted my papers in the hospital where she worked. And then at that, from that moment to 2010, I waited for like seven years. So I came here in the U.S. in March 2017. Wow. Well, so a long time, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of patience. A long time. Like, you know what? There are times that I'm crying. Is American really real or is it just... <laughs> Really? An illusion. <laughs> no, it's not. It's real. <laughs> I mean, it comes to a point that I'm questioning myself because 
you know, when I applied um, in the U.S., like, of course, I have to tell this to my friends. Oh, I applied in the U.S. And they were like saying, you've been, you, I mean, you applied for like a long time already. You, and still here you are. But they like thinking, are you just like hallucinating or something? <laughs> so, yeah. And and I think Ryan, many people can relate because we I speak to nurses all over the world all the time, and often they'll say, you know, we grow up with this idea of the American dream, but it's always just like a dream, and it's like, will I ever get there? Will it ever happen? Yanni, did you have that when, before you came to America? Yeah, I had those moments definitely. Um... I don't know, maybe because I've just shared my story way too many times on Lefora. I'm really <laughs> praying right now for the Lord to give me brevity. So once again, I'm Yanni and one of the admins in Lefora. I grew up in a lower middle class family. I migrated to the U.S. in 2016. I graduated in batch 2006. So that was really during the time where um, you've got nurses having second jobs. Because when you grow up in a lower middle class family, when you become a breadwinner early, you learn to hustle. I'm not an aggressive hustler in that sense, but I had, you know, while I was doing my nursing, while I was working in the hospital, I was also working a BPO. For us, like a lot of us who graduated in 2006, that was normal. Cause you know, you had to save money and you gotta have that amount of money as like your principal amount, you know, to sustain you while you're going to do yes. And I've survived three bouts of retrogression. And for a lot, of, for a long time, I thought I was really gonna give up. But even though there were times that I would cry, I was gonna give up. That really did not happen. I just went on to improve myself, my skills. Um, I went on to study other languages. That's how I currently speak six languages. Um, wow. As far as other people's you know, question uh, regarding the American dream, it is very much alive and well. COVID changed the landscape of nursing and it did not change it in a bad way. Yes, I mean, you know, I understand the danger it comes from being COVID nurse, but what I'm saying is there is a great, compounding of the number of jobs available for Filipino nurses. There's a reason, you know, for pe the Filipino nurses are, you know, were current for EB3 visa. There's a reason for that. There really is an extreme need for nurses. And because of COVID, there isn't just a need for nurses in, you know, like hospitals, uh, in, in big cities and all that. There's an extreme need for nurses in rural areas, not just in hospitals, long-term care facilities, even in clinics, even in home health. I mean, even in hospice. There is such a huge demand for nurses, and maybe a lot of agencies will require you to have bedside experience, you know, like as an entry level thing. But when you get here and you finish your contract, or you know, you can expand and you have a lot of options for you. Um, even the ones who had BPO experience the way I did, that is very useful here in the US because there's not just a, a demand for nurses offline in the real world, there's also a demand for nurses online. Like there are many jobs available for nurses online, you know, to give way for nurses to work at home. So just say, I would say keep hustling. Um, keep waiting till something happens. Do not give up on that American dream if indeed it is what you have, indeed it is what defines you as a person. Do not give up because, you know, you don't want to be regretting things, especially not in 2020. Well, I, I think those are really wise words, Yanni, because I can tell you that I speak to hospitals, nursing homes, clinics, rehab facilities all over the country now, and there's never been a bigger need for nurses. And for those of us who've been in this industry for many years, 
you know, the, the nursing industry, the nursing shortage was always there. But now the pandemic has certainly exacerbated that. It's made it much worse. And it's really a supply and demand issue. There just is not enough supply of nurses. So you are 100% correct. The demand is there and the opportunity is there. So don't give up um, to anybody who's watching, who's thinking it's never going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I think those are really wise words. And um, to the to the, the moving on to the next question, can you share um, Pearl and Ryan maybe and, and Yanni as well, like your first few days when you came to America, what was that like for you? Because I think so many people dream about that. And then when it comes to that point, it, it feels kind of surreal. Can you share with us what those first few days were when you arrived? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me share my experience. So I came here like it was at the end of winter. So like my sisters were like so excited to see me. They, they were the one who uh, fetched me to the airport in New York. So we're like after oh, before that, I was in the airplane, like super excited, like. I had a lot in my mind, like, what is it like U.S.? Is it like in the movie and everything? And then when I went to, to the airport, I was like crying. I mean, like tearful, you know, tears of joy. And my sister was so happy. And we went, you know, uh, to New York to um, what you call it, um, Manhattan. So it's beautiful. I was like saying I'm on the top of the world, like seriously, <laughs> without caring what people say like i was like shouting because it's beautiful uh, the weather is so cold like everything that's in my mind ha has been met when i went you know in new york and then i keep on taking pictures because every houses are beautiful like oh my goodness is this real i keep on pinching myself because is this real am i just dreaming so really it's beautiful and the food that was served to me like, oh my goodness, this is so huge! Like, this oh, yeah, like, like oh my goodness, is this a regular? Yeah. Is this for single person or single <laughs> family? Like, like for a family? <laughs> like in in a few days, oh my goodness, it's like all amazement, like a different kind of world which I really love. So it's a great experience. I can I, I even took a video of it. And every time, sometimes if I get lonely, I, I get to check that video that I made in the when the first time I went to the US and like it makes me happy because you know, after all, I came here to the US because I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy the American dream. Yeah. And, and it's all about the experience. I think that's a great tip actually for anybody who's watching because those first few days and i know pearl and yanni you can relate i can as well because i was an immigrant myself those first few days and first few weeks are just like so exciting like you just want to pinch yourself it's so surreal but to take a video of yourself is really a good idea because you know the the coming months can be a bit of a roller coaster and it's really a good idea that's a great tip to remind yourself of that happiness and that joy that you felt when you when you stepped off that plane that's Pearl, what about you? Okay, so the first time I was in America, I landed in LA, and then it says in my ticket I need to another to gate. You know, in the Philippines, that was like two thousand one or something. I was like, when I approached the door, the door open, oh, 
wide open. There's nobody holding it. Automatic door was non-existent in the Philippines. Imagine. So I go back. I go back and I check and I said, what's going on? Why is it the door is opening? I go back again, dr drag my suitcase, go back and check. I said, no one is opening. And I said, oh my God. In the first time I came out of that building, I saw a limousine. I only saw a limousine in the movie. And then people were kissing on their lips in public. I'm like so shocked about that too. And I, I was able to locate the uh, terminal, which is, I don't know what terminal it was in LA. So when I arrived in the terminal, they said, hi, how are you doing? So I turned around and I said, He's talking to me. He's asking me, how am I doing? No one asked me that question. I was like, that was so weird. No one asked me that question because in the Philippines, they greet you, oh, bro, where are you going? Right? Like a kind of intrusive question. But here in America, it's like, hi, how are you doing? No one prepared me that question. That I never forget that question because it's actually right now, I understand. It's not really like they wanted to know what you're doing. It's just the greetings of Americans. So they have this huge smile, welcoming smile, but it's not like really like, hey, I'm sad right now. I'm depressed right now. I'm dealing with something. Right? It's not about that. It's that they don't really know what you want. They don't want to know what, um, how you're feeling that day. They just like, uh, what is like a generic greetings for Americans. And the first day I saw the house is beautiful. My husband took me to Margate, New Jersey, and you, uh, Cape New Jersey, which is a beautiful, beautiful town, right? Um, oh my God, it's like a movie with Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, <laughs> uh, Robin, uh, Robin Williams, it's like everybody like, um, like it's like rich. I'm like, wow, I want it. And then when I met Filipino people, they, like every time I go to places, I see Filipino and they're nurses. So they say, I'm like, okay, they go to this beautiful place and they're nurses. I think I want to become a nurse, you know? So that's my, my first, um, um, like week of the, um, here in America, like just like amazement, pure amazement. And there was like, August. the leaves are like also turning little, uh, colors and stuff like that. And, oh my God, it's just gorgeous and beautiful. It's like in the calendar. Like in the calendar or like in the movies, right? Yeah, like in a calendar in the movies, like, and then they're clean and disciplined. And one thing also, when I ordered, they, my husband took me to Atlantic City to eat burger. The burger, the size of burger is huge. And I ordered the large, the large drink, right? They call it soda. Instead of saying, you know, I wanted a Coke, they, they said, what kind of soda you want? I'm like, so, oh, soda, soda. So I said, large. Guess what? The large is as big as the picture. So don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to be so like, oh, my God. And I'm sure in the Philippines, the large is as big as this. That's small in America. That's extra small in America. Yeah. <laughs> That's good it's, size, yeah. it's often those little things that you don't expect that can be so surprising. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you know a friend or colleague who would benefit from listening to this conversation, please let them know about the show. We want to help as many nurses as we can turn their dreams into a reality. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to KineticsUSA.com to find out more. That's KineticsUSA.com. Yanni, were there any little things that you remember from when you came here that were surprising for you? Yeah, a lot of them, because for one thing, you know, I came to America without, you know, a credit card and all that. Mm -hmm. So 
I arrived in the San Diego International Airport because I had stayed with my cousin for a month in San Diego before uh, going to North Dakota. North Dakota is where I am right now. I'll be moving back to California in, in, in a month. But North Dakota is where my contract is. So anyway, I had to be with my cousin in San Diego because it took a month to process my reciprocity from California to North Dakota. So when I arrived, and I did not have a credit card or a debit card, I had cash. You know how immigrants in movies would be like, I arrived in America with $40 in my pocket. Well, my story is more of like, I arrived in America with $4,000 in my pocket. So literally, literally with, you know, uh, with an indiscreet wallet and all that. And my cousin was scared for my life. Anyway, um, in San Diego, they had these ready card machines. And you basically put in money, $100, $200, whatever, and it will spit out a debit card containing that amount which you can use to swipe, which you can use for shopping. And you know, it, it helps because if you're starting out and you don't have a debit card or a credit card and you go around buying stuff, you know, you don't wanna be handing cash. You don't wanna be holding bills. You know what I mean? There's a kind of security that comes with it. Another is obviously, cause a lot of my batchmates already had iPhones and stuff like that. My phone was Star Mobile. I am not ashamed to admit it. My phone was Star Mobile coming in. So I had to buy um, a prepaid phone from Metro PCS, and it was a cool pad catalyst. It's 25 bucks. But anyway, it got me through my first few months in America. And then because I didn't have a cell phone when I arrived at the airport, I had to ask. It's very important for you to ask because if you don't act, ask, you know, you will never receive answers. You will never know. So I asked how is it that I could actually call and get in touch with my cousin. And my cousin told me before that there's a section in the airport where there's phones, like they're not, you know, they're not phones where you drop coins in them. Basically, it's a series of phones which you can use to make international calls and local calls, and it's all free. So I used one of those phones to call my cousin. They picked me up, and then they immediately took me to this buffet in San Diego. And, yes, their, their drinks are really big. The servings are really huge. Not, you know, um, if you go to different restaurants, um, it is kind of a culture shock. Everything is really big in America, even just – and, and the fast food restaurant as mundane as McDonald's. Um, <laughs> even like when you go to Dairy Queen and Wendy's and all that, when you order like ice cream, milkshakes and whatever, their large is this large. Yeah. It could give you diabetes in Don't one day. Don't say large. Yeah, they it could give you diabetes in one day. And the lingo, the lingo differs, you know, in a lot of states. Like in California, we use soda. You come to North Dakota, People will be looking at you weird because they don't use the word soda. They use the word pop. And then you try going to Chicago and they use something else different. And Minnesota has a different term. So, yeah, it, that, it's, it's the small things. And it's like, you know, if you're a movie buff the way I am and if you had an acting filmmaking background or whatever, the colors in America, the way they do billboards and all that, they make it seem so vivid. Everything is so saturated. So you feel like your life in the Philippines was a little bit black and white. You come to America, it's very technicolor in that sense because everything is so different and your mind um, takes a long time to catch up. I know my mind took a long time to catch up that I was already in America and not in the Philippines. And the jet lag was insane. I did not get over my jet lag until a month later because oh, wow. of the time zone difference. Yeah. Yep, a month later. And then of course, oh, you know, that's not accounting for when I moved to North Dakota and that was December 8th. And we oh went as low as negative 65 yes. um, winter, you know, but yeah. That's a lot of change. 
yeah, I want to explain. Yeah. 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 I want Sorry, to show you a video, a little mm -hmm. bit of video of what uh, of when I came to the US. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love so that one. I'm at the center of the world. Oh, that's Times Square. <laughs> yeah, that's Times Square. Times Square, Times yeah. Square, yeah. Yeah. I love that, Ryan. Thank you for Thank sharing you. that. That's what we want for everybody in the fora to see, experience that moment. Because okay. the oh, I mean, I add, Miss Tanya. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, I add. Sure. If you go to a, um like McDonald's, what is that called? Like a fast food restaurant. It's not a, uh, so you make sure if you dine in, you make sure you clean after your thing. Yeah, or, yeah, you, you make clean sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's say, for example, you go to a Filipino store uh, and they don't have a waiter. Um, you make sure the indication is if they don't have a waiter, that means that you're going to clean after your mess. Okay. And unless you are going to a five-star restaurant or a sit-in restaurant and then someone is like taking your orders, then you make sure that um, pay the tip. And usually the tip, tip is 18% to 20% okay or more so do that do that don't forget that because the, the waitresses here and the bartenders are not being paid a minimum wage or anything like that they depend on the tip so i just wanted to make sure about that those are great tips pearl and you know the thing is i'm, I'm listening to all of you it's sometimes just it's the little things that can that are are such a big change and i personally felt when i came to america for the first few months i felt like i was operating in a fog like I, I couldn't like I felt like I wasn't like it it just felt so surreal. I had to kind of pinch myself all the time. Was I really there? Was this a real American? You know, when I was speaking to people, I would be so intimidated and so shy of you know what you see, you think of the American movies and and it's really intimidating. Um, and a few months in or, or a few weeks in, depending on the person, everybody to a, a lesser or greater degree experiences culture shock. Mm -hmm. And that is very common. And I think that's really one of the important things of the Lafora talk show is if you are experiencing culture shock, you're not alone. You're not alone. Everybody all of us. goes through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I agree. Tell us about the culture shock that you experienced in the beginning. Are you asking me? Yeah. The tell culture shock. Oh, 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 the coat, the coat. I'll tell you something about the coat. Oh my goodness, this coat, I didn't know that you're not supposed to be washing the coat like it's time you're done using them. So what I did is like, okay, so I'm done using the coat. So you, my, I went into the, uh, um, what is that, the washing machine? Because you just threw it away. My husband said, what are you doing? I said, I wash the coat. I wash the coat, three coats. I didn't know that you're not supposed to wash the coats. <laughs> I, I also another thing I did. I I said, okay, I'm gonna wash my car. Um, I wash inside the car, and I close it. That was during summer. I didn't know that you're not supposed to wash a car. So there, are, those are dumb things I did, and which is like a shock. Another thing also is like another culture shock also that I did is like um I don't know if you consider about the coats and the things. I think yeah. that's like, but the culture shock is the people here are the way they talk is very upfront. They're very upfront. Don't get offended by it. If they don't like it, they'll say, "I don't like this. This is junk." They will say it in their mind. They think they think aloud. 
they think about them because it's all about efficiency. If they don't like it, don't just say, I'll think about it. No, they don't have time for that. Americans will tell you right away, I don't like this. Can you find someone else? And sometimes if they get upset and they have empath, it's not because of you. It's it's just part of their interaction. It's just normal. Um, another thing also that um, shocked me is when they buy something. For example, um, trash bags. Stupid trash bags, small. So they will ask you questions like, if you're like, they will ask you questions like, what is it? Is it like going to the, am I going supposed to microwave this? Can I microwave this? Can I put this on the cold? Can I? I'm like, wow, I didn't know that Americans, even trash bag has a huge instruction in it. Where's my camera? Or like so much instruction over here. Everything has instruction. Everything has, that's one thing that I'm um, shocked with Americans. Even the, uh, their food. Like uh, their food also have like a, um, instructions like allergies. Do you have any allergies? Like I'm like what? Like that's one thing that I like like notice Americans who like explanations a lot. Yeah, that's one thing that um I notice and they get mad. This is dumb. This uh this product is dumb. Why would they do? And they will call. By the way, even it's like one thing is like they're short of one dollar and you're you're changing. They will sit down on the phone and they will call and give you a hard time. And they will sit there for hours and hours to like find justice on that $1 that you shortchange them. I swear that's American. Yep. Well, well they're very different, right? They're very, very different. different. They will yeah, let it go. Different. But it's not you. If you, it so happened that you're a nurse and something like fall off or something like doesn't go their way or something that doesn't like um, meet their standards or expectation, don't, don't, don't get offended by it. Let it go and don't take it personally. It's, it's, it's just part of the culture. That's how they react. That's how they uh, respond to it. <laughs> unlike, unlike, unlike us, we're kind of side of subdued inside. We don't think aloud. We just kind of, okay, let it go. Maybe next time. And we don't say, excuse me, sir. <laughs> Can you do this instead? Because blah, 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 not in our country. They said, I don't like this. I did not request this. That's how they talk. But it's not you. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, and and I think that's that's uh, good advice, um, Ryan. I love that you you show. Yeah, you show, I love your dog. Your, your dog is so cute. <laughs> yeah. What did you say his name? The name was Gucci. Gucci. Ah. We have three dogs here in the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, me in my experience, actually, I'm just so blessed that I wasn't able to experience so much, um, culture shock because my family are always telling me, oh, they like telling me that what to expect um oh, okay so like um this what you should do these are the things that what you should not do here in the u.s so that's the thing the only thing i remember is that using the credit card because the very first time i used my credit card here in the u.s it was in a dunkin donut i even asked the cashier how can i how do i use this credit card <laughs> and then <laughs> oh just swipe it <laughs> that was the first thing it was so funny but other than that, I think in at work, um, I experienced that you know these people Americans are more like expressive. Mm -hmm. They will tell you directly what they want to tell you. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's the thing that I learned from them. That, yeah, 
And, and so they're they, very, if they're grateful too. If they're grateful, they say, "Oh, you're amazing, Ryan. Oh, yeah, you're amazing. I wanted Ryan to be my nurse. I can, you can do <laughs> this. You can take away Ryan. I worse Ryan like that. Yeah." Yeah they, yeah, they are so very appreciative of small things. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's so much fun. It's, it's great. <laughs> and one thing also, may I add? Sorry, Yanni, I like to talk. May I, add? <laughs> I love that you were talking. That's wonderful. <laughs> I just wanted to share this. You know, as Filipinos, you give someone $100, they say, thank you. Americans, you give them a dollar cookie, you know, that cookie, and then sometimes you made them and you put a work into it. They'll say, Oh my God, you're so sweet. And they give you a hug. Can they give you a hug? They always ask permission when they wanted to give you a hug or something. They ask you, but they are so appreciative. And they even tell the, your boss or even in, in not your co workers, even other people like they grew up here, Americans, that's their culture. When you give them something, they, and then you made it and you put an effort into it, you put a time into it, they will appreciate you. They will appreciate you. Yep. Yeah. I think being expressive is really the, the word that uh, comes to mind with Americans. Whether it's, a, it's something good or something not so good, you're going to know where you stand with them. And that can be very intimidating if you don't know or expect that. So for everybody watching, I think that's great that you, you know that. Um, Ryan, you mentioned that you didn't have as much culture shock, maybe because you had your family around you that were able to help you and to guide you. Um, Yanni, was that something that you experienced? Because, you know, I think that's what, for a lot of nurses, if you don't have that, you can feel very alone in those first few months when you're having culture shock. And that can make it even more stressful. In my experience, people need to realize that American culture actually differs from state to state and between big cities to rural towns. And I've experienced this way too many times because I travel a lot to check the nursing climate. And, well, you know, when you go on tour, I lived with my family in California for a month before coming to North Dakota. And it was totally different, partially because I had my family to guide me through. And Californians in general, they're just open and welcoming, you know, sunny. Be I'm not even kidding. Sunny, warm personalities. They are appreciative. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, yeah, they're polite, but you know, like they are upfront, but at the same time, not the kind of upfront where you get offended in that sense. Um, you don't see a lot of, well, there's still some moments, but for the most part, you don't really see a lot of ignorant, you know, ignorant, you don't hear a lot of ignorant comments or statements. You come to rural North Dakota, especially in my case, I live in Valley City. They did not start accepting immigrants until 2009. So they're and intolerant. Not, what you're saying is they're intolerant? I wouldn't say intolerant, but more of ignorant. Like, I'm not even kidding. Um, somebody asked my friend if the only reason she got to America was because she became a mail order bride. So that's just an example, you know, that's just an example in my case. And then, of course, you know, it's not just Filipinos because we have people from African continents. We had Liberians, people from Burkina Faso, Burundi. Uh, we had people from Ghana. We have people from Nigeria, you know, so you don't just interact with Americans. You also interact with people from other cultures. And in my case, in my BPO experience in the Philippines, I came from a multicultural diverse team. A diverse team. I mean, I was from Cebu. I had a teammate from Manila. We had somebody who was Korean African. We had somebody who was Indian. And, you know, we worked in an enclosed space. So I was used to dealing with, yeah, we had somebody from UK. I was used to dealing with people from different cultures. But even then, when you live alone in a rural town, um, 
and I live alone, even to this day. I love my, you know, I love living alone. And also because my rent is cheap. So um, <laughs> you learn a lot. You learn a lot living alone. And you, America is not for the faint hearted. I'm sorry. I just have to say it. America is not for the faint hearted. But as Filipino as you are, as resilient as you are, um, you must have that drive. You must have that, what do you call it? That fighting spirit. You know, Perse- but just persevere, just persevere, yeah, just do persevere. not give up. Yeah, yeah you have do to not endure. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah, you have to endure injustice, up. you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, like as, as far as like racist comments and all that, you will oh, yeah. get that, especially in rural areas. I mean, I had a resident who actually said, and she said this, I don't understand how come America prioritizes immigrants. I mean, we are here, we are farming, we harvest our crops, and yet the blacks descend upon us and invade us. And then I had mm-hmm. to explain to her, sweetie, there's no war. There's no invasion. It's just people coming here, working hard for their families. Yeah. There is a huge shortage of workers, not just nurses in America. And sometimes I encounter a resident who's like, well, I don't know what you are. I want somebody of my own kind. So oh. I always explain, well, I've been working here for, um, for four years. I am Filipino. I was nominated for caregiver of the year for a reason. But if you don't want me as, as your nurse, Fine, so be it. But I'm the only one in this whole building who's been tenured for four years. The rest are all travel nurses. You can take your pick. So then she, she'll go, you look Hawaiian, so I'll, I'll just classify you as white. I've encountered are you serious them. now? Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Have that. so mean. Yeah, but you got to have <laughs> that inner strength not to get offended. And yes, you got yes, to be able to ask so. yourself yeah, and yeah, not be able to infuse humor. You will yeah. encounter people at work. You will encounter Karens at work. And then you'll encounter angels at work. And yep, in the that's of what Pearl said, they are extremely appreciative for everything you do. Because mm-hmm. even the one who tried to get me fired, we're friends now. So, yeah. you know. That's good, Yanni. That's she good. She tried to get me fired. That's and yeah. this because she tried to frame me up for an insulin incident. But we're friends now. Granted, she's also on psych medications, but we're friends now. Just oh. So, well, just saying, I, 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 you gotta I, I, you gotta know how to persevere, and you gotta learn how not to take everything personally. But you must yeah, don't take it personally because they go yeah criticism. You know, like when they criticize you, you must know how to look inside and figure out where you went wrong and evaluate your performance. But at the same time, do not take it seriously. You must learn to be a little detached and to infuse humor. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us by hitting the follow button on your podcast player and leaving us a review. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to kinetics.usa.com to find out more. That's kinetics.usa.com.